Hey everyone, it's Will and James here. Welcome to the Pure Sport Project. We want to jump into the minds of people we find inspiring from all walks of life. Bringing you their stories, lessons learned along the way, and future plans. So tune in for some of them wholesome yarns. Welcome back to the Pure Sport Project. I do the same intro every single time. It's like a script. But this week we are joined by... A long-term friend of mine, actually. We've known each other for quite a long time. Mr. Rory Warnock. How are you, mate? I'm good, my man. I'm good. Thank you for First having me. First time I've done a round of applause at the start. I just thought that. That's new. Yeah? Round of applause for Rory. Rory. All the way from, from Bondi. Come on, from Bondi. Don't let his accent deceive you. He's living in Bondi at the moment. Come all the way over here to the Pure Sport office just for the podcast. He's flying back straight after this. So honoured to be here, and uh, it's a long way to come. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, don't, don't mess it up. It better be a good one because he's traveling. <laughs> no, back here just visiting for a month or so, just yeah. under. I thought, why not come into the office and chat to two lads that just love wellness? But yeah, so we normally let these people do their intros by themselves because we'd probably butcher it and introduce you as something I'm not. So the mic is yours. The floor is yours. Feel free to introduce yourself, Warnock Wellness. Rory Warnock Wellness, thank you. Thanks for having me, gents. It's good to be here. So my name is Rory Warnock, not to be uh, Rory Warnock Wellness. I'm originally from Edinburgh. I live in Sydney now. Um, I've been in Sydney for the past three years. And it's quite nice to eventually, finally be able to come back to the UK after an eventful three years. I am a performance and wellness coach specializing in breath work, which is a fairly niche area to be in. I'm an ultra endurance runner and I'm a guest speaker. So yeah, pretty niche areas with ultra-endurance running, which Will's very familiar with, and breathwork, which is a growing space and growing area. We love niche. Yeah. Niche is interesting. If you're here to talk about soaring, I'd be bored, because that's all James talks about all day. So my first question off the bat is, I think what most people would ask is, how did you discover breathwork and what got you into it? Because there must have been a defining moment for you where probably when you tried it the first time, you're like, okay, I can actually feel some kind of amazing difference. I want to explore this further. Yeah, I so say it's a good place to start. So how far should I go back? All the way back when I was born. Yep. So, so James, so James likes breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when I love When the doctor comes out, just give a slap on the ass, and then you breathe. Do they still do that? Or was I just in films? But yeah, I think let's so. talk about your first breath and how good it was. My first breath, so, you know, I started strength and conditioning science. So I've always been into performance, whatever that may be. You know, at uni, it was physical performance. Then through, I guess, my own mental health difficulties, anxiety, depression, when I was diagnosed in about 2016, you know, I wanted to find a more holistic way to improve my health. You know, I went to the doctors, they gave me SSRIs, and I thought, shit, is that it? Is that what I've got to deal with? It's not any more um, an alternative or a holistic way to improve the way I think, feel, behave, and, I guess, perform in my life. My girlfriend actually recommended that I went to a breathwork session. I'd never heard of it. You know, I thought it sounded a little bit woo-woo for me. I was like, breathwork, I breathe all the time. What the hell is that about? But I went along with an open mind, you know, just like you said, well, I did the session and after about 45 minutes, I remember I sat up, opened my eyes and I thought, what the heck just happened? I don't know how much I should say here, but I honestly felt like I took a psychedelic and it was one of the most profound experiences. So I guess I went down the rabbit holes of understanding how it can improve mental health, looking at all the literature, going into PubMed, Google Scholar, and then looking down the rabbit holes of physical performance, how it can improve your athletic performance and, and running and reducing the onset of fatigue and speeding up recovery. So it's just, once you start getting a bit obsessed with something and understanding how fundamental it is to living, you know, we breathe every second of our day, 25,000 times a day, vastly overlooked and undervalued. And it's 
rather tight now where people are actually starting to give it a lot more attention because it's pretty essential in life. Just to go back, you said something, it was SSRI or something? What are they? Antidepressants. Serotonin. Yeah, serotonin boosters. You know, if you have anxiety or depression, Western medicine often leans towards just giving you medication, right? And the quick fix. Yeah, the quick fix and not actually solving the issue. We're going to try and actually dive into the brain and our neurology and understanding how to actually improve my life. And, you know, the breath is connected to every internal system of the body. And you can use your breath in certain rhythms, rates, depth to improve how we think, feel, and behave. And this is all fact in science and science is evolving. As you boys know, with, with this line of work with pure sports, science is evolving every day, every week, every month, every year. And now people are just understanding how important the breath is. And what were the side, did you take those drugs to begin with? Or did you flat out be like, I don't, I don't even want to go down this route? No, I took, I took them for about a year. I was in a pretty dark hole and you know, not against medication at all. Definitely not. And for certain people in certain times and certain situations, it's definitely needed. And for me, yeah. it was needed. But then, you know, I wanted to do more. I didn't want that to be my life. And then I realized, you know, I found breath work as kind of cringe and cliches at silence. You know, it transformed everything. You know, and I do it every day, every week. Different practices, not the same one, but it definitely works. It's pretty incredible when you find something that feels good and you enjoy it. My next question was going to be on the back of what you were saying is, did you notice any side effects from those antidepressants? I didn't notice any side effects per se, but I didn't like taking them. I didn't like feeling like I was relying on something to just to mask, as you mentioned, mask the issue as opposed to improve and solve the problem. I didn't notice, if I'm honest, I didn't notice any side effects off it, but I wanted to just do as much as I could to get off that sort of drug. I'm also super interested in what you said about it almost feeling like a psychedelic experience the first time you did that breathwork class. Can you go into any greater detail there? I know it's probably hard to describe and it's somewhat profound, but it's very intriguing to hear that kind of thing. Yeah, so almost a euphoric feeling. You know, I get runners high a lot. and I don't know if that's something that you experience yeah, too. Yeah. You know, and there's only a few things that can make me feel that good. Psychedelics, sex, or running. And when you find those three things and you think, well, I'm going to go pretty intense into this sort of sensation. And you can do that, you know, every day, every week. And you have different experiences depending on how you feel. You know, sometimes it can be emotional, like psychedelics can be. You know, you can cry, you can happy tears, sad tears, who the hell knows what tears. You can laugh. And so many different sort of sensations, emotions, feelings come up. But that first one, clearly, you know, I'm struggling to put into words. It's hard to really explain exactly how I felt, you know, like the first time someone takes some sort of mushroom or ayahuasca or something, you know, it's hard to explain exactly what it is. You know, almost there's no words to explain that feeling and sensation. So it's a pretty terrible answer, but it's hard to actually explain it. It's not a business idea for a retreat. Psychedelic sex and running. (laughs) You heard it here first. We've got the perfect people. I don't know what, know what you're bringing to the party, but... Uh, I can get hold of some psychedelics, <laughs> um, So you mentioned there about the ayahuasca thing. So I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast or something like that, and they were talking about breathwork, and they were talking about DMT. And I don't know how much you know about this, but do you think that psychedelic experience is linked to DMT? Because I heard that through breathwork, you can release a small amount of DMT naturally because it is naturally occurring i don't know how much you know about this but can i say something that makes me feel smart because i can't normally do this <laughs> so, so i learned recently by recently the other day that dmt is a natural chemical your body produces 
only two times in your life, when you're born and when you die. So that's why it's such a euphoric, crazy experience that you can only get from that. So thanks for listening to my smart piece. Now get back to the smart guy. <laughs> I heard you could get it through certain types of breathwork. Do you know about that? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people are discussing that at the moment. And, you know, even certain breathing techniques, people can't exactly explain, you know, science can't exactly explain what's happening in the mind. You know, there's a lot of conversation about or theories that the blood or the oxidated blood is going to the prefrontal cortex. And that's what's making you have these vivid thoughts or visions. But, you know, I don't think personally, I've never read a study and I've read a lot of studies that can exactly state that DMT is released when you do a certain breathing technique. I think it's a lot of what people are hoping or thinking may happen. Like I mentioned earlier, with science evolving all the time, you know, we know that you can increase oxygen uptake and delivery through a certain breathing practice. We know that you can move into the parasympathetic through a certain breathing practice. But, you know, Wim Hof breathing, Kriya, Tumo, holotropic rebirth, that sort of style, that shamanic sort of style of breath work, it's quite hard to exactly understand what's happening in the brain. That's why it's got a science approach, but also that kind of spiritual approach, which I really love how, you know, it's almost that bridging between science and spirituality. And it, it makes you feel those ways that science can't really explain, like things like empowered, strong, powerful. You know, I can explain why it makes you feel calm, but those ones I just mentioned, science can't really explain that yet, but it may in a couple of months or a couple of years, I don't know. So you had this experience, you experienced it for the first time. And then what was your next step? Because how long ago was this, that this happened? This was about 2016 and we're in what, 2022 now? So about, yeah, about five years ago, it was about five years ago. Yeah. My next steps were do more of it, <laughs> do more of what I like. So I got pretty obsessed. I've got a, a quite addictive personality, you know, and I think that's maybe where you and I will get on well with the running. You know, once you find something that you're quite good at and that you, you really enjoy, you just go... 100 miles an hour at it, right? So I started practicing a lot in London. I just find as many breathwork facilitators as I could. You know, it was still quite niche back then. There's a lot of them now. I then, when I moved to Australia, then got certified with the Oxygen Advantage. You know, with my knowledge from uni with strength and conditioning, you have a pretty solid base of physiology. So then I just went down all the rabbit holes, like I mentioned earlier, of understanding how to actually do it. So a lot of people ask me too in Australia, oh, what certification have you got or who taught you, who are your teachers? And most of it's just self-taught. It's a pretty unregulated area, unregulated space where in these unregulated spaces, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but there's a lot of crap and you've got to sieve through the crap to find in the good, right? Yeah, it's a pretty exciting space. And interestingly on the back of that as well, what would you look out for or what would you tell people to look out for would be a good breathwork class to go to or one you can trust rather than like we know in our industry and CBD, especially there's a lot of people out there that just wanted to ride the gravy chain to the golden oil. So I can imagine there are a lot of people out there that are saying they're doing breathwork classes, but probably aren't helping that much. Yeah, big time, man. It's a, it's a great point. Everyone's approach is different, right? I guess not blowing my trumpet here, but what a lot of people like about my sessions is that I play a certain type of music and music creates thought and emotion. And people quite like the music that I play and I take a long time to find and curate those playlists. But a lot of people, when you go to a breathwork session, it's just bongo drums or banging the drums. It's quite a shamanic feel. And for me, it didn't resonate. And I just think that's a bit too much for me. So I'm almost trying to modernize and bring it into 2022 and make it more appealing to people like us three, you know, people in this office, you know, because a lot of the work that I do is in corporates with Google, Amazon, Canva, where, you know, people are just normal men and women like us trying to live the best life that they can and, you know, reduce stress, feel happier and healthier and have a better sleep, right? You know, all these things that make you better. But, you know, to answer your question again, I guess, 
understand who the people work with, you know, understand their background, understand why they're doing it. So I guess personally as well, I have a lot of meaning behind what I do. It's not just to, to make money. If you're in it to make money, you're not in the right industry, <laughs> do something else. So it's understanding what the person is doing it for, I guess, their client base and their approach. You touched on a few different techniques earlier. I assume from what I've heard, you've been through all of them. You've tried and tested all of them or there or thereabouts. What do you specifically sort of specialize in or you quite a broad range? Yeah, good point. So I wouldn't say I've done all of them just because this is a lot that you could do, but I've tried a lot. And I think it's very important as a coach and as a facilitator to do everything first and then guide from experience, right? So I guess I would specialize in conscious connected breathing, very similar to Wim Hof. And Wim Hof takes inspiration from Kriya or Tumo. A lot of my inspiration is more 1980s practices like rebirth or holotropic. I also specialize in functional breathing, breathing in a more optimal way, understanding how to improve life just day to day. And also just improving athletic performance. So I guess my areas are helping people feel happier and healthier in their everyday life. So corporates usually, but also helping athletes become their best version. So things like yeah, functional breathing, CO2 tolerance work, and then down-regulating breathing to improve quality of sleep. Can you touch on the Wim Hof one? Because I think that's probably the most well-known because of the things that he's done in terms of like the physical feats that he's done. I think they did something where they injected him with some sort of virus, didn't they? And then he was like, right, I'm going to breathe my way out of this. And people were like, what the hell is going on here? But that's obviously that one style of breath work that he does. And it's quite like a ritual more than anything. But can you delve into like the other different types of breath work, such as Wim Hof, and then more about the ones that you do? Yeah. So just to touch on that study there, I think that was E. coli that he got injected with. And what they found is that I think it's a 2014 study by Matthias Cox, a French researcher that when you breathe in the fast, deep, connected way, you actually release cytokine IL-10s, which boost your immune system. So that's what they found. So you actually could fight off that E. coli by boosting his immune system. That sort of style of breathing is definitely the most popular because that's where you have these, I guess, out-of-body experiences, call it, and you feel sensations. You know, meditation is often passive. You could sit there with your legs crossed, come out after 20 minutes and think, I feel worse. Whereas breathwork is active and it's getting out of your head and into your body. So for me, for example, with a bit of anxiety and depression, you know, I want to get out of my head. My head is racing 100 miles an hour. That's why I like running in the hills on my own. And I want to get out of my head and into my body. And breathwork just helps you You do that and feel calm and clear. Other techniques outside of that one would be things like, you know, box breathing, 4444, introduced to the Navy SEALs by Mark Devine to help them focus and concentrate for long periods out in the field. You've got four, six breathing to help downregulate. So four in, six seconds out. Understanding nasal breathing and mouth breathing. You've got diaphragmatic breathing. You've got biomechanics, biochemistry. So there's a load of different things that you can go down to uh, to shift your state, essentially. When I say state, just understanding your, your mental and physical state. But the most popular one, lads, is definitely the... And any facilitator, coach that you go to will do it slightly different. So I'll do it in a way where participants will breathe from about two and a half to three minutes they'll take a full breath in they'll hold it it's a bit of a breath retention create tension with the breath retention then they'll let the breath go and they'll hold on an exhale it is putting your body into that high fight or flight stressful state to then consciously down regulate after in that hold so you know you put a bit of work in like anything like like running or lifting weights you put a bit of work in and you'll get the benefit you put the work in when you're breathing in that fast connected diaphragmatic way 
to then downregulate and retrain or train the nervous system that feels okay, that it's okay to feel these sensations. So I like to think of that technique as well as a bit of nervous system training to train the nervous system to feel comfortable. I'm fucking fascinated. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've delved very lightly, like dipped my toe into breath work before and I know it is the most obvious one, the, the Wim Hof one. And those experiences you talk about of like getting out of your head, kind of passing out. I remember doing it in my old house, like my old family house, just laying in my bed doing it. <laughs> and then like coming out and being like, yo, what the hell was that? But it's so fascinating how, as you say, just something that a simple practice that keeps us alive, as simple as what we have to do for our whole life is breathing, but what it can actually do if you train yourselves in the right way to unlock all these tools, as you're saying not just helping with anxiety, depression, but sports performance and boosting your immune system. Like that to me is so crazy, but intriguing. I kind of want to dive into the sports side of things too. Is that where you were going to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you go. I was just going to... I get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, what I wanted to ask you is, like most things, so like if someone came to you and said, I want help with my nutrition, or I want help with my training, with breath work, if you were to host a seminar or a workshop for people to attend... Do you have to specifically say this one is for sport performance or this one is specifically to help with anxiety? Because I guess what could imagine if you just said, right, I'm going to do a breathwork seminar and people are going to rock up. You've got people coming and say, I've got depression. I've got people that are coming that want to improve the marathon time through breathwork. So do you have to specifically say this session is for this or are there things that you can apply across the board that's going to help everyone with whatever they're after? Yeah, big time. You could specify so very similar to nutrition, you could specify it to, you know, vegan or keto, whatever it may be, or just nutrition as a whole. So I could, or one could have a well-rounded breathwork basics workshop, call it, you know, you could cover things like breath awareness, where being aware of your breath and your body could benefit everyone in the world, whatever you, the line of work or whatever you do in your, in your, in your life. You could also cover functional breathing. So someone like a city slicker here in London who works in the bank, if they are breathing in a dysfunctional way <laughs> when they're sitting behind the laptop or even email apnea when they hold their breath and they realize they've been holding their breath for 20 seconds, you know, that's dysfunctional breathing. But improving functional breathing will help calm the heart rate down, reduces stress in the body and help them think more clearly. You know, stress is a real issue at the moment and IQ drops when people feel stress or when stress at a certain level. So people in the corporate world are feeling too stressed. They're not going to be making the correct decision and executing under pressure, right? So functional breathing is important then. For runners and athletes, if you're breathing in a dysfunctional way, you're creating too much stress in your nervous system. Your heart rate is too high. The chances of you bunking out sooner are a lot higher, you know, because when you're trying to run 100 miles plus, you want to keep your heart rate low, right? You want to reduce the stress in your body and the nervous system. Also, if you're breathing too fast, I'm not going to do it again. It's getting a bit overwhelming. <laughs> if you're breathing too fast, you get your I was going to say, you're getting me going doing that. <laughs> you have to put your tongue out when you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but when you breathe in that way, you're over-breathing. And what over-breathing does is blows off too much carbon dioxide. We need carbon dioxide in the body to absorb oxygen and to open up the blood vessels for basic dilation, the opposite of constriction, right? But a lot of people think CO2 is just a byproduct due to metabolism, but we need it in the body. And if you're getting rid of it too much by breathing too fast or over-breathing, you know, the chance of you bonking out and having less oxygen into the working cells and tissues is higher as well. So to answer your question, you could definitely have 
a well-rounded workshop for breathwork basics but I think if the practitioner or coach is good at what they do they can really specify it and, and be specific to any human any person in a specific space or industry I'm gonna be selfish now let's talk about running so I'm intrigued because we run a lot so what do you do in breathwork terms that improves your running over any distance or is there something that's specific to short more intense things and then the ultra side of things like we like to do from time to time well let's talk about running as a whole to start then so nasal breathing is the first one so nasal breathing has over 30 functions to the body you know nose is there to breathe and smell the mouth is there to eat that's what we're born to do so nose warms air filters air humidifies air it's the first line of defense against airborne pathogens. We pick up nasal nitric oxide in the nose, which works as a vasodilator to help distribute that blood throughout the lungs. When you use the nose to breathe as well, it slows the breath down. You know, this is through Christian Bohr's research back in 1904. So this is a long, long time ago through what's called the Bohr effect or the oxyhemoglobin dissociation curve that if you breathe slower, it's about a mouthful, isn't it? If you breathe slower, you'll actually improve oxygen into the working cells and tissues. And I've mentioned this a few times, but oxygen is energy, ATP, and oxygen, we need it to recover, right? But if you're not doing it optimally, you won't be able to perform to a high ability, a high standard for a longer duration, which you know people need to do when they're running. So nasal breathing is the first one. So nasal is functional, mouth breathing dysfunctional. So just reduce the mouth breathing and implement nasal breathing. For anyone listening as well, when you start to try it, it will feel a bit overwhelming at first. You may feel a bit of air hunger, a sensation that you're almost suffocating. Uh, suffocating? What's the word? Suffocating. 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 I'm here just concentrating well, way more on my breath than usual. Are you? Suffocating. I stopped breathing with my mouth as soon as you said. It's one of those things, as soon as someone mentions breathing, you start thinking about it, it becomes something that you're conscious, like, like actually you're physically doing. Yeah, whereas normally it just happens naturally. Yeah, it's right? natural, right? Well, it's voluntary or involuntary, right? That's the word, yeah. So when you feel that sensation of air hunger, call it, you know, that's just simply CO2 rising in the body. You know, we kind of want that to improve your CO2 tolerance. So going on to the second point, you asked what would it, what would we kind of work on? So nasal breathing is the first one, then improving CO2 tolerance. One of the reasons that we breathe too fast is because our body isn't able to tolerate high levels of CO2. But like anything, you stress a particular system in the body to promote adaptation, you can do the exact same with CO2. So you, you can do things like nasal breathing, slow breathing, and breath holds, like the freedivers do, or spearfishing men and women. You can do breath holds to improve the CO2 tolerance. Therefore, when you, you're out running, whether it's a, a short, slow, easy 5K or a 100 miler, you'll be able to breathe slower. And like we just touched on, less breaths, less stress, more oxygen, which just ticks all the boxes, right? I tried this in lockdown. Was it lockdown I reached out to you? Because it was our good friend, Ollie Marchon, that was talking about nasal breathing and the work of Greg McPherson. That's is that his name, Oxygen Advantage. Patrick McCoon. Who's Greg McPherson? No idea, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Greg. <laughs> You're getting free publicity on this. Greg McPherson. Anyway, Patrick McEwen. So I listened to a few podcasts with him and that thing where you said about oxygen that... Who's Greg McPherson? Musical artist. <laughs> He does progressive metal. <laughs> He's from Brentwood. Some guy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway Patrick McKeon. And I felt that was it the oxygen hunger? Is that what Air you hunger. Air Correct, hunger. Yeah. And it felt like my nose was bunged up. And I just used to sit on my little stationary bike and try and practice through my nose and do like 10 minute blocks here and there. And it got better and it like cleared out my nose and I could actually then breathe through my nose normally rather than feeling like it was restricted the whole time. Then I went and tried to run and it was, I just couldn't do it. Like 
Is it because nasal breathing is optimal at a specific heart rate? And when you get to a certain point, you're like, I need to deliver more oxygen to the muscles that I need to start breathing through my mouth to get more air in. If you're running at higher intensity and exerting more energy, so say roughly 150 beats per minute, whether it's running or on the bike or swimming, probably not swimming, sorry, because you'll use the mouth anyway because you need to be faster. But if you're running on a bike, we'll say for two examples, if you try to use the nose, because the nose is smaller in nature, well, maybe not mine, I've got quite a big shinib, but usually people's noses are smaller. It's just harder to get the air in for obvious reasons because it just takes longer. But when you've got the mouth, you can just go quite quick. And usually when you're going at a higher intensity, it's a less of duration, right? If you're going on a ski or whatever, 45 seconds, at high intensity, 180 beats per minute, you know, you're not going to do 180 to 200 beats per minute for five to 10 minutes. Well, maybe you are, but you're going to be pretty buckled after it. So yeah, nasal breathing, if it's any steady state, low intensity, zone two aerobic work, but then as soon as it gets higher in intensity, then I would say just switch to mouth. People do, and there are some studies saying that you can work at peak VO2 max nasal breathing, but I've done this for quite a long time and I've done VO2 max tests and I've tried it with my nose. I personally couldn't get it in fast enough and then I just went to mouth and I felt like I had another gear and you can keep pushing again. So it's just understanding and being aware of when that moment and when that time is to move from nasal breathing to mouth breathing. And usually mouth breathing is shorter in duration because the intensity is higher, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you would say there was like specific zones or heart rates that it's more optimal to be through your nose and anything above that just switch the mouth correct you know and this is for people like who do ultra endurance events you know nasal breathing is so 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 important because when you're getting down to your last 30 20 10 of the race you know you're feeling pretty tired for all the obvious reasons you need to get the oxygen oxygenated blood into the working cells and tissues and you know breathing isn't as simple as just air in air out the oxygen goes into the lungs gets transported through the alveoli into the blood system attaches to hemoglobin in the red blood cell gets transported around the body then makes its way from hemoglobin into the working cells and tissues you know there's about four or five steps there you know it's not just air goes in straight into muscle and you can do that that whole process that i mentioned in a more optimal or a less optimal more suboptimal way i'm only breathing through my nose every run I just do sexy pace now. It's going to be great. Forward slash probably really hard to begin with. But for example, James, what you just mentioned there too, you know, if you found it hard when you went out for a run, just slow the pace down. You know, when I first started it, yeah, I could run with my mouth at about, say, a 4.30 or 4 minute per kilometer. But then I just went, dropped the ego, went right back to about 5.30, slowed it down, and then just like progressive overload, right? Just incrementally over the weeks, over the months, just build it back up. And now I can comfortably run at roughly like maybe 150, 160 beats per minute at about a 4.15 or a 4.10 pace. You know, I never thought I'd be able to do that, but the body adapts. This is what we do as humans, right? One thing I've seen, I'm sure you'll know what it is, but one thing I've seen is this sticker that looks like a plaster that you can put over your mouth. So when you go to sleep, you just nasal breathe. Is that something you'd recommend? 100%, mate. People think I've got seven heads when I talk about mouth taping and I think I'm getting pretty kinky and talking about something like... <laughs> well, this started sexy. with you talking about sex, drugs and yeah, rock and roll. So <laughs> before we even came on air, we were talking about foot fetishes. Sorry, you were talking about foot fetishes. We. we you. I don't just talk by myself. <laughs> yeah, mouth taping. So for obvious reasons, when we're awake, say for 16 hours of the day, two thirds of the day, you can decide how you breathe nasal or mouth but as soon as we fall asleep in a different state of consciousness you're not in control of if the mouth pops open 
So one of the easiest ways to stop the mouth popping open is just put a bit of tape. You know, I use about 3M. Anyone listening, don't get a big bit of gaffer duct tape and just stick it over your whole face. Your partner will think you've gone absolutely mad. But just put a bit of 3M tape. There's a couple of companies too. One's called Somnifix and the other was called Mile Tape. I think it is. Somnifix actually is one of the, the investors or owners is Mark Cuban, who owns Dallas Mavericks and Dallas Cowboys. I can't remember which sports team it is. He did that for the reason for athletic performance for his athletes. They noticed that when they nasal breathe, they wake up in the morning feeling more energized, well-rested, better equipped to perform that day for all of us reasons of better recovery and uh, ready to go that day. So it's uh, if people like him are doing it in you know the, the sporting field, it's clearly working. I'm intrigued to know how many people that listen to this podcast tonight go and get some tape and stick it over their lips. If you do, by the way, I think you should message or do something on Instagram like a story saying you've done it. Tag. Tag Rory in it. Say it now and we'll say it at the end as well. Say your Instagram handle. Rory Warnock Wellness. Yeah, so that's it now. We'll mention it again at the end. But it'd be super interesting if you do go away from listening to this podcast, give it a go and then your honest feedback about how it feels because I'm going to find some tapes. I think I've only got sellotape at home. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's worth it. I want to see this on your Instagram. And I want you to see, I want to tag Rory with your sellotape on your lips. Fine. (laughs) And I want to know, yeah, we're shaking on it. Yeah. For those watching YouTube, you can see that. For those of you listening, we just shook on it. So, and I want to know how you felt the next day. Does it take some getting used to? Because that is a, a quite a strange thing to do to have your mouth sealed shut. <laughs> is it not weird like to fall asleep that way at first, obviously? It does. And this is why I recommend just placing it over the lips, like you mentioned, Will, where don't seal the whole lips because that does feel quite intense. So just place a little bit over here. And if you have to pop the lips open, they can just pop open. But also, you know, for people snoring, snoring is a new thing. You know, we shouldn't snore. And once the mouth is closed, the chances of you snoring are a lot less. And then, you know, when you snore, it puts more stress and more pressure on the body and on your breathing system. So if you can reduce your snoring, you'll have a better, well-rested sleep. Well, there, you got even more reason to. Anyone that's, <laughs> that's a partner or even like a brother in another room that's snoring too loud, just be like, look, got this really good technique for you. You're going to stop snoring. It all comes from love, not hate the fact that you're... (laughs) (laughs) There's so many places we can go with this. I'm also intrigued to know about your life in Australia and what your setup is. So you're a coach over there. Do you have your own practice where you invite people in or are you very much on the go? Because you said you do some corporate things as well. Yeah, man. When I arrived in Australia about three years ago, I really didn't know what direction I was going to go in. And I'm pretty open and honest and vulnerable about that. But then it took about four or five months for our visas to come through, which was stressful, as you can probably imagine. Then I just did a lot of research into breathwork, understood where I could take it. I started hosting workshops and seminars and uh, and sessions. People started coming, which was nice. (laughs) People started coming back, which is even nicer. Then Word of mouth sort of spread during, I think, lockdown one or two. I can't quite remember. Then I started doing a lot of these online sessions for corporates. That sort of blew up very quickly. And in a strange backwards way, you know, COVID for me was, or my business was very uh, good because I could help a lot of people. You know, a lot of people needed support during a tough time. I was very happy that I could be there to support. So my day, you know, day to day, I could be in 
six to eight locations in one day. I work at a neurological health clinic with people with severe anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD, addiction, anorexia. I work with some of the top neurosurgeons, psychiatrists, psychologists in Sydney and Australia. I work with the Sydney Swans, the AFL team, just up in uh, up in Bondi. I got a Sydney Swans shirt. I used to go watch them. I went and watched them too. Oh my God, we're the same. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, so with the you know the medical space, then the athletes and then the corporates. You know, I could do online sessions or off sites, so I can be in Hunter Valley one day, then I can be in Port Stevens the next day doing workshops and seminars with them. So I'm a man of routine, but I have no routine, which is, you know, pros and cons. I love what I do and I can be all over the place, but it can be challenging at times. And you've got to be really organized too. So you say you're a man of routine, but you don't have a routine. But in terms of like, do you have like a breathwork routine? Is it something like you wake up in the morning, you're like, you have a practice that you do first thing or before bed or something like that? Is there like bookend your day? Do you have a routine for breath work? Yeah, every morning when I drive to work, I'll do conscious breathing. So just slowing my breath down, just simply breathing slow and deep. And that sounds quite sexual, doesn't it? Slow and deep, baby. Slow and deep. <laughs> Three. It's been a great one. <laughs> it's going quite, quite sexual, haven't we? So I'll do conscious breathing just to, you know, my anxiety is often at the highest in the evening and in the morning, which is fantastic. So I try to just really calm myself down and refocus for the day ahead. So whilst in the car, just conscious breathing. In the evening, you know, I like a morning routine and an evening routine. And you know, I'll, I'll take the pure sports in the morning and the evening as well. So I like a morning routine and an evening routine. And in the evening, I'll do four, six breathing or box breathing, something more numbers based. For whatever reason, I just quite like to count to get to sleep. I, you know, the old wifey tale when they talk about counting sheep to fall to sleep counting sheep to fall to sleep that's a good little rhyme isn't it yeah. i thought that was what it was oh, I did you just know make it. that up on the spot i don't really know i've never said counting sheep to fall asleep it sounds quite good doesn't yeah, it it does yeah. nice. copyright that lost poet and i'll do the four six breathing or box breathing you know it's um because i want to try and get a, a good quality sleep and just get to sleep as quick as i can can you go into that box breathing i know you said, mentioned it earlier and it was like four 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 but is that breathing for four hold for four can you go into that and what the difference between that and four sixes and are there advantages to either one? Yeah, so box breathing, exactly as you mentioned, four in through the nose, four hold, four out through the nose, and then four hold. You know, that breath retention is a great way just to improve that CO2 tolerance by not putting too much stress in the system. It's also a great way, box breathing and four six breathing, they do very similar things. There's just no retention on the four in, six out. Four in, six out as well. By lengthening the exhale, we'll move you more into that parasympathetic. As we breathe in, it's sympathetic driven. And as we breathe out, it's parasympathetic driven. For anyone listening who may not be aware, parasympathetic is the rest and digest, the calming state. And the, the sympathetic is the fight or flight, the more stressful state. And obviously, we want to feel more calm when we go to bed. So four in and then six out. There's been about 14 studies as well that show that when you do a breathing rate of six breaths per minute, four in, six out, it helps your heart rate variability, your resting heart rate, parasympathetic, your vagal tone. So there's a huge amount of benefits to that 4-6 breathing. So that's why I would always recommend that one. Oh yeah, also one of the beauties of counting too, of box breathing and then the 4-6 breathing is if you're feeling stressed or anxious about the day you've had or the things you've got to do tomorrow, if you're making these lists in your head and you're, you know, maybe you shouldn't have said something that you said on a podcast talking about sex and then and you start to get anxious or stressed, when you bring your attention to the number and to your breath, you're not thinking about the thing in the past or the thing in the future. 
you're in that present current moment and in that current present moment in the now that's pretty good so if you can get yourself to that state which is very hard you know i've been trying to do that for five you know it's very like meditation right be in that present moment and stay current you're not thinking about what you shouldn't have said or what's happening the next day so that's a, a really good thing about the counting the numbers why i like that too that was literally my next question you just touched on there meditation so i do exactly that when i meditate that counting thing and focusing your breath and counting your breath from one to 10 and then back down from 10 down to one that is an absolute game changer do you think it's the counting of me concentrating on that or do you think it's the breath work or do you reckon it's a combination of both I think it's a combination of both, definitely. I think it's bringing your attention to the one thing. You know, we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. We're not in control of our thoughts or our feelings. We're in control of our actions and behaviors. But thoughts and feelings just come into the mind, right? But when you're focusing on the numbers and focusing your breath, because the one thing that's happening all the time too, breathing every second of every day. So if you can bring your attention to the number and the breath, you know, it just helps you stay present. So yeah, I think it's a combination of both, mate. How long are you doing these exercises in the morning, your conscious breathing, and then the four, six before bed? Yeah, great point as well. It's what I really want to do with breathwork and what I try and help people with is make it as accessible as possible. You know, I don't want to say you have to come for a four to five minute session every single day because life is busy. We just don't have that kind of time, right? So I just recommend a five minute bit of a practice technique here, there, do it in the afternoon, do it in the morning, do it in the evening. So I'll probably do... You know, I may do some breath holds in the afternoon. I'll do the four, six breathing in the evening. I may do 10 minutes of the conscious connected breathing at some point. I'll do at least once a day, but it could be four or five times a day. But it's just when I have time, if I'm early for a client and sitting in my car and I'll just do a bit of breath work, you know, put my phone down, get off Instagram. You know, we're so quick to jump on our phone, but just do something that's actually going to benefit you, not that's <laughs> detrimental for your health. And it's just having that awareness. You know, I mentioned breath awareness too is a great way to be aware of your, your actions yeah, so I'd recommend just finding five minutes here, 10 minutes there and finding a point that works for you. That's a great actionable thing as well because people often assume you need to dedicate a huge amount of time to improve these things. But as an entry level, I'm pretty sure most people have five minutes in a day to just implement these. And they are simple structures. I know we've spoke about a few of them, but so far everything I've heard has been quite straightforward, which is great because when you try and overcomplicate these things, that's when people start to get concerned. But on that as well, what are the more hardcore breathing techniques you do that aren't as simple as four in, four hold, four out, four hold? Yeah, and just to touch on what you mentioned there as well, consistency over time, like anything in life, running, weightlifting, the more you do it, the better you'll get. And that's what I really try to reiterate with breathwork is the more you do it, the happier and healthier you will become. So you can't just do one session and think you're going to be enlightened and the happiest man or woman alive. You've just got to stay at it, be consistent, trust the process and understand that you will feel better in time. So the more intense practices, things like holotropic, and holotropic to my knowledge is about three minutes, sorry, three hours of fast, I guess, controlled hyperventilating. You know, I've done it for an hour and the facilitator, the guide, whenever I took a break, because I thought I was going to have a panic attack, told me to keep going. And I remember just saying, what? You know, I mentioned earlier how I like to guide and facilitate from experience. And that was an experience that I really did not enjoy. <laughs> so that's when I thought, I'm definitely never, ever going to do it in that way. So the most intense practice that I've done and that I probably heard of is holotropic. Um, there's probably other ones out there that I've, I'm not familiar with yet. But, you know, I don't really want people to go to an intense practice and I think that's what breathwork is. 
equal, I don't want someone to go to a crap practice and think, oh, is that breath work? Mm. You know what I mean? Amazing. I don't know what to do next other than breathe consciously. I'm interested to know, like, have you got any case studies you can think of top of your head of someone that's come to you, they've had XYZ problem, they've implemented XYZ breathwork practice, and it's had these benefits? I helped a runner run a, from a 15 second 100k to 10 second 100k just by breathing, you know, but like anything, there's so many different you know variables variables thank you i was going to say things that's such a crap word isn't it there's so many variables to come into consideration you know i've I've worked with quite a few professional athletes and when we do specific breathwork practices you know from the functional breathing to co2 tolerance work and simulation of high altitude training to improve the co2 tolerance i guess as well i look at three parameters and three tests one is the bolt the body oxygen level test it's a simple breath in through the nose breath out and hold and it's when you feel the first definite desire you then stop the timer i've had athletes go from 15 seconds to 25 seconds within six weeks you know and that shows that they're becoming more resilient at handling higher levels of co2 they will fatigue less they perform to higher ability so these sort of things are really easy to measure i also measure mbt maximum breathlessness test breath in breath out hold the nose and you walk and you count it in paces so people go from 30 paces to 100 paces. You know, that shows willpower as well and mental strength, mental resilience, which is great for, uh, I guess, everything in life too. And then max exhale. So full breath in to fill up the lungs and then slowly let go of that breath as long as you can. And people go from about 40 seconds to minute 20 as well. So there are three tests and, I guess, monitoring tools that people can really see how they're improving over time. But, you know, I wish I could say, I've changed people's life through breathing, which I probably, you know, not me, but people have changed their life through breathing, but it's hard to quantify exactly where. Well, as a case and study, you have, so. Thank you. That's quite incredible on its own, right? But to answer your question as well, I'm working with a lot of doctors and psychiatrists at the moment, and sorry, neurosurgeons, psychologists too, where we're going to start working on MRIs. So I'm going to be using MRIs and I think it's ECG. I can't remember. Is that correct? Lads, do you know what that is? ECG? Yeah, I've had it. Yeah. No, the brain, on the brain, the ECG. So I've just been looking at it over the last couple of weeks and I want to start doing tests on individuals, you know, I'll do it myself first to understand how their brain reacts to certain breathing techniques. So, you know, can you turn off the stress response, amygdala, you know, the amygdala response when something's happening? So for example, if an email comes through, do you see that amygdala turn on? And then can you do a breathing practice to then turn it off? You know, things like that, which I'm going to try to start doing. But, you know, to get into these sort of areas and these circles is quite challenging at times. It's very interesting. And you're over in Europe for how long? I'm here for four weeks. Yeah, I'm in, in between Spain, Scotland, England. Until anything else, well, it can't be as exciting as being on the Fuel Sport Project, but anything close that's happening over these weeks? This is a highlight. <laughs> No, That's I'm nice. just, I'm just catching, like, I'm just catching up with friends, catching up with family, doing a little bit of work here. I'll be running Ibiza, running in Barcelona as well. You know, I get so much joy and I feel invigorated. I feel stimulated when I run in new places. I'm sure we can, you can resonate with that. And um, so no, it's just some time away from Bondi and just reset really. You know, it's three years has been quite intense for all the reasons, you know, moved house three times, visa, dog. So I'm just keen just to chill with some family and friends. Amazing. Well, JD, unless you have any other enlightening questions. One thing for the people that are listening. Yeah. Is there anything they could do right now to experience it? Like 
could you give them a quick, you know, 30 seconds of, okay, while you're listening, give this a go. Maybe they could try the, the four, 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 the Can box one together? or the four, six one. Yeah, I'll give you two to try out. So if you're feeling stressed or anxious at any point, you know, please don't do these when you're driving or using any heavy machinery for all the obvious reasons. Put that heavy machinery down, Will. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, if you're feeling stressed, try this when you go to bed, just four seconds in, six seconds out. Just bring your attention to the breath. Even place your hand over your belly to feel that diaphragm move down. Belly will slightly rise. Four seconds in, six seconds out. Do that for five minutes and just see how you feel. Just tune into the body and tune into the mind and see if you feel more relaxed. That's a calming one. If you want to feel a bit more stimulated, use the mouth because the mouth is going to stimulate the body. Nose are going to calm the body and mind. Just take 30 fast breaths. Active inhale with a passive exhale. Do that 30 times. Close the eyes and just notice how you feel. If you feel any vibration, sensations, through the hands, the body, it's very normal. You're just creating these physiological shifts with the breath. Again, please do not do that when you're driving. <laughs> it's quite dangerous. But there are two that you can do just to really shift your state from a, you know, a down-regulating, I guess, point of view to an up-regulating point of view. Mean. On that first one, is it always through the nose? If you want to calm the body, definitely through the nose. And if you want to stimulate the body, use the mouth. Decent. Well, I've learned a lot. Yeah. I honestly find it fascinating and i think it's an area that people may have seen on like social media especially through like the wim hof stuff and they may think it's all a bit of make-believe and people just finding the next cool thing to talk about but from chatting to you over the last couple of years and reading book with not greg mcpherson but, <laughs> <laughs> um, patrick mcewen, patrick McKeon, yeah. <laughs> and learning about that kind of stuff it honestly has been really really fascinating and trying to bring it into my own life so I think the future is bright for breathwork. I appreciate you guys having me on and, and being open-minded to it because, you know, I was that guy who thought it sounded ridiculous at first. And then when I have immersed my whole life into it and, and really specified in a, in a very specific niche area, I've realized how important it is and it can change lives in, in so many different ways. And all I want to do in my life is, you know, through my own hardship is to help people live happier, healthier, more fulfilled, meaningful lives, right? And that's the best way of living because you get so much back from doing it because your reward system is improving people's lives. So as you do that, it just builds back. So it's a beautiful thing. But just to end, where can people find you again? And as a reminder, if you did enjoy this podcast, try and tape your lips up tonight when you go to sleep and tag. Find me at Rory Warnock Wellness on instagram and you can tag us at pure sport as well if you want to tag me and jd yeah you'll figure it out um <laughs> <laughs> then <laughs> then then we'll um it'll be really interesting to see how you felt because i'm going to try it tonight as i've shook on it remind me later would you yeah send me a message yeah. on bedtime yeah i'll just come and take the lips for you <laughs> and then watch you the whole night like yeah you breathe through your mouth a little bit but yeah. i taped them back shut bitch <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for coming in, bro. It was a pleasure having you on and good to see you again. Thank you, boys. Loved it. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks, lads. Yo, thank you, Sport fam, for tuning in. As a valued listener, we'd like to offer you a 20% discount code site-wide on puresportcbd.com. Use the code PROJECT20 to level up your life. If you like this podcast, like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And remember, no stress, stay blessed, and we'll catch you next time.